Hey, ass butt. Hey y'all, Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Hey! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. We're just going to hop right in. Today, we're talking about Season 10, Episode 11, called There's No Place Like Home. So we start out outside a house. We can hear screams coming from inside, and we see a flash of light from outside a window. Uh, then we're inside. Hmm, I wonder what this says. I think that word is following. It actually says falling, like F-O-L-L, which is, you know, not a word. So <laughs> we're, we're following, probably, a man uh, running down the stairs away from somebody. He runs outside and trips and then lays on the ground. Suddenly, someone is in front of him, but we don't see who it is. The man says, please, I don't know anything else. The person steps into the light, and we see that it is Charlie looking kind of like a badass. She's all in black. She's got her hair kind of slicked back. Uh, yeah. Uh, Charlie says, I know. I'm going to torture you anyway. Because who <laughs> doesn't love a little torture? And then we get our opening title sequence. So, uh, yeah. We cut to the bunker library. Sam sits at the table uh, talking on the phone. He says, all right. Well, just keep me posted, okay? Yeah, you got it. Wait, Cass. You there? Hey, thanks. Yeah. Uh, and then Sam hangs up, and Dean puts down an omelet in front of Sam. <laughs> Sam asks, you made egg white omelets? Dean says, yeah, breakfast of champions. You know, if you're a dork like you. <laughs> really? It's like, okay, you're eating it too, buddy. <laughs> Sam says, and you slept past seven. Dean says, yeah, well, until we get answers on this market cane, I am on a 12-step program to not backslide. <laughs> Sam says, 12 steps? Dean says, yeah. Hey, if Kane found a way to live with it after going dark side, then I just got to find a way to keep it in check. So haven't had a drink in a week, eight hours of rack time every night, and now this masterpiece. Sam says, that's three steps. Dean (laughs) says, shut up and eat. (laughs) He's like, I'll find the other ones later. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So they both take a bite of their omelets. Sam says, wow, that's, that's awesome. Dean says, it's crap. Oh, God. As soon as we get rid of this demonic tramp stamp, I am going back on the booze, burgers, and more booze. Tell me you got something. I noticed he didn't say women there. At any point, there was no, no, uh, you know, booty references, which I was expecting, really. I was. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Yeah, for real. What about, what about the women, Dean? I want to know. Okay. <laughs> All right. What about the girls? <laughs> I need to know. Okay. Uh, Dean says, tell me you got something. Uh, and then we get a montage of the boys doing research. Um, at one point, Dean gives Sam a green smoothie, takes up a sip of his own, and then coughs and pushes it away. Like, yeah, uh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Sam is watching something on the laptop. He says, what the hell? Dean says, Kane or Crowley? Sam says, Charlie. Dean says, is she back from Oz? She didn't call. 
Sam says, yeah. So rude. I know. <laughs> Sam says, yeah, uh, she's been busy. Dean says, what the hell am I looking at? Sam says, so, you know, I was looking into the news, checking for anything weird, right? I found this story about a torture Vic. Apparently, some kid videotaped this at his next-door neighbor's house. Dean says, what do you think? Charlie tortured someone? Sam says, uh. Dean says, our Charlie? Yay high? Wouldn't hurt a hobbit? Practically sparkles? <laughs> <laughs> then Dean pulls out his phone and dials Charlie's number. He says, come on, Charlie, pick up. Sam says, the guy she went all Jack Bauer on, uh, Peter Harper. Dean hangs up and says, she's not answering. Sam says, district attorney in Topeka. According to this article, he wasn't the only person in town that was hit. Uh, a court stenographer was assaulted the night before. Dean says, well, you know, Charlie wouldn't go off on someone without a reason. Sam says, yeah, I wouldn't think so either. But look at this video. Dean says, oh, I'm looking at it. But you know what we do? Taken out of context, it doesn't look that much different. She could be hunting. Why don't we go talk to this asshat and see what's going on? So we cut to a short time later. Uh, we're in Dean's bedroom. He's packing a duffel bag and he grabs a big old knife. Uh, his hand starts to shake as he stares at it. Sam pops his head into the room and says, hey, ready? Dean says, yeah, yeah, let's do this. Sam says, let's go. So we cut to the house from the beginning of the episode. Uh, we're in the dining room. Sam and Dean are questioning the district attorney that Charlie assaulted. Sam says, now, did you notice anything odd before the attack? Any uh, strange smells, weird noises? Peter Harper says, no, no, nothing. I was just at home here getting ready for bed, and that crazy bitch jumped me. All she wanted to know was about some case that I worked on years ago. Drunk driver T-boned another car, killing the driver, and the passenger was declared brain dead on the scene. Dean says, the Middletons. They had a daughter, 12 years old. They were on her, their way to pick her up. Peter says, yeah, that's right. How did you know that? Dean says, well, we do our homework at the FBI. Peter, <laughs> we <laughs> know things. <laughs> exactly. Peter says, okay, well, then you know the case never went to trial. Before I could even see the evidence, it was off the books. All the files were sealed. <clears throat> Sorry, I like desperately need a drink of water. I'm going to die. Hold on. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, <clears throat> sorry. All right, Sam says, now how is that even possible? Peter says, I don't know, but I looked into it this morning. There's no record of that case anywhere, and the arresting officer has since passed away. There's nothing except for this. And he slides a file across, across the table and says, the social service file on the Middleton's kid. It's not very helpful, to be honest with you. The kid has disappeared until now. Sam says, now, is there anything else you can remember about the case? Any names you can think of? Peter says, no, like I told the police, it was so long ago. Look, I'm sorry. Sam says, all right, here's the thing. We talked to the other victim on the way here, the stenographer. Now she said the attacker didn't let her go until she gave up a name, your name. Peter says, okay, but what does that have to do with me being attacked in my own home here? Dean says, what name did you give up? Peter says, look, I told you everything I told the police. This woman comes in here, beats the tar out of me, but... But there's no name to give up, so I don't know what else to do. Uh, but at this point, Dean shoves Peter's chair back and gets in his face. Peter says, hey, what are you doing? Dean says, talk, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Peter says, hey, look, I'm the victim here. Uh, Dean pushes his chair back even more, threatening to topple him over. He yells, talk. 
<laughs> Peter says, okay, okay, all right, all right. Speak. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so Dean lets a chair drop to all four legs again. Peter says, after the files were sealed, I pushed, and uh, they offered me money. A lot of money. Dean says, give me a name. Peter says, the money kept on coming in from overseas accounts. Dean says, give me a name. Peter yells, I will be disbarred. Dean says, very quietly, that'll be the least of your worries. I promise you that. And then they have a little stare down. And then, (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) And then Peter says, Councilwoman Barbara Cordry. So we cut to the boys in the Impala driving. Uh, Sam is reading Charlie's social work file with a flashlight. He says, Celeste Middleton. Celeste, that's Charlie's real name. Guess she's looking for the person who uh, destroyed her family. Dean says, can you blame her? You know, we just got to find her before she does something nobody can walk away from. So we cut to inside a big house. Uh, Barbara Cordry is looking through some mail. There's suitcases packed uh, on the floor in the entryway. Um, And there's a knock on the door. It's Sam and Dean wearing their suits. Sam says, Barbara Cordry. Barbara says, can I help you? Sam says, yes, I'm Special Agent Gabriel. This is my partner, Special Agent Collins. May we come in? Barbara says, what is this about? Sam says, we have some questions about a drunk driving case from a while back involving the Middleton family. Barbara says, I have no idea what you're talking about. Dean says, ma'am, if we could just, but Barbara says, sorry, I'm still on vacation. Feel free to schedule an appointment with my assistant. She'll pencil you in. And she shuts the door. Dean says to Sam, guilty much? Sam says, yeah. I know, right? So we cut to later in the day. The boys are watching Barbara's house from the Impala. Uh, Dean bites into a sandwich wrap thing. I was very unclear of what that was. (laughs) And he says, what the hell is kale? (laughs) <laughs> but <laughs> death lettuce <laughs> yes yes <laughs> uh, but Sam is reading Charlie's file he says anti-authority disorder clinical depression violent outbursts Charlie was a uh, Dean says dude if a shrink interviewed us at that age you think the report would be all kittens and rainbows come on <laughs> she's a good kid there's got to be an explanation for this man there's just got to be then they hear a crash and a scream come from inside the house. So the boys run over with their guns out. They find Charlie and Barbara in the living room. Charlie has a knife against Barbara's throat. She says, should have known Rocket and Groot would track me down. Sam looks a little offended about being called Groot. <laughs> I thought that was pretty hilarious. It's like, um, excuse me. Uh, I am not a giant talking tree, maybe. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is. I mean, it kind of is. Yeah, I need more water. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that was pretty. And yeah, Rocket, I mean, that's a pretty accurate description of Dean, I think. Right? The little raccoon, right? Yeah, the little angry gun shooting <laughs> raccoon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty yeah. fierce. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, Sam says, let her go. Charlie says, who? Oh, her? And then she punches Barbara in the face. <laughs> Sam says, don't do this. Charlie says, I just want answers. Dean says, yeah, since when do you start pounding on people for those? What the hell happened to you in Oz? Charlie says, everything I wanted. An adventure. Even got my own little sword. Sam says, Charlie. Sam says, no. Uh, Charlie says, oh, Sam, you're adorable. You're not going to hurt me. In fact, that's your problem. All good guy code, no bite. What a waste. And you, 
And she looks at Dean and says, always letting this albatross hold you back. Dean says, okay, all right, you know what? I don't know what's going on here, okay? But this, this is not you. And then the boys put their guns down. Charlie says, oh, it's me, all right. Dean says, Charlie, put the knife down. Let her go. We don't want to hurt you, kiddo, but we're not going to let you do this. So Charlie pushes Barbara at the boys and then tries to escape. Dean follows her and they fight. Dean says, stop, crap. Uh, I forgot to mention here that he's getting his ass handed to him by Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) And then he says, Sam, because he needs help. Uh, But Sam is with Barbara. Sam says, you all right? Barbara says, yeah. Sam says, what did she say to you? Barbara says, she she just wanted the bank statements. Back with Dean, he runs outside as Charlie drives away in an SUV. He yells, Charlie, hey. He runs to baby, but sees that the front tire has been slashed. Dean says, oh, you son of a bitch. Suddenly, Charlie, another Charlie, uh, drives up in her yellow Volkswagen. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> She says, what's up, bitches? Sam runs up, and the boys look very confused. Charlie says, um, we should probably catch up. So we cut to a bar named Berto's Ale House. Uh, Sam, Dean, and Charlie are at a table talking. Sam says, there are two of you. One good, one bad. Dean says, yeah, what? Dick you is some sort of ninja? (laughs) Charlie says... She is a badass, yeah. Sam says, okay, hold on, back up. We were there for Dorothy, Oz, Yellow Brick Road. But then Charlie says, war. The war for Emerald City. It was awesome until not so much. We were going to lose, so I made a deal with the wizard of Oz. Wears a hood and a creepy mask. Kind of a jerk. Good times. He said for us to win, I had to unleash my true darkness, which he meant literally. He used the inner key of Oz. It opens a door to your soul and lets the darkness out. Uh, We're still connected physically. If you hurt her, you hurt me. But bottom line, she's bad and I'm good. And let me just tell you, being good is really annoying. Normally in a place like this, I'd be pounding Harvey Wallbangers and checking out the bartender's ass. No, all I want to do is sip club soda and send her to college. And she stares longingly. She's so offended with herself, too. She's like, "Ah." She stares longingly at the cute bartender. Dean says, okay, uh, good Charlie. So why is dark Charlie gunning for revenge? Good Charlie says, she's trying to win me back. Dark Charlie won the war single-handedly, but she did some truly awful things. But I told her I didn't want any part of her near me again, ever. Going after the person who mer, mer, uh, who took my parents away is her messed up way of showing me how close we are or could be. I keep calling her she, but she's me. I'm the one doing this. Dean says, Charlie, that that's not who you are, okay? It's a twisted version of, Charlie says, me. I've been following her so I can catch her before she does something stupid and just lock her away forever. Sam says, uh, Charlie, that's not an answer. Dean says, Sam's right. We'll go back to Oz and we'll we'll get the key from the Wizard of Douche and we'll put you back together. <laughs> Charlie says, even if I did want her back and she pulls out uh, part of the key out of her bag, she says, look, dark me broke the key. There's no way to get back to the wizard. Sam says, OK, OK, first things first. We need to find dark Charlie before she finds the drunk driver. So we know Barbara gave up her old bank statements, right? 
That means Dark Charlie will probably follow the money back to whoever made the payoffs. Charlie says, that's what I would do. Sam says, all right. Dean says, I'll get some refills. And he goes over to the bar with their glasses. Sam says to Charlie, we need you to hack into Barbara's bank accounts. And he pulls his computer out. Charlie says, I can't. Sam says, what? Charlie says, it's bad. I told you, being good is annoying. <laughs> bad, Charlie. <laughs> All right. Sam says, how about this? How about you guide me through the process, and then I'm the bad one. So we cut to Dean at the bar. He's staring at the bottles of whiskey, and then at his Mark of Cain arm, which is shaking. Uh, back with Charlie, Sam says, okay, so... Barbara's payments all came from offshore accounts, which we routed through dummy corporations, which have all gone belly up. No, nah, that's not what she says. She says, which were routed through dummy corporations. That makes a little more sense. Dean says, all right, skip to the end, dragon tattoo. They all lead back to this guy? Sam says, Russell Wellington. And according to his personal records, he had a car that was reported stolen the week of the accident. A car that was never recovered. And after the supposed theft, he went on a sabbatical from work for two weeks and returned to work with bruises and a broken ankle. Charlie stares at the picture of the guy for a while and then says, so this is him. This is the man who, uh, Dean closes the computer and says, and you're done. Uh, <laughs> We're not looking at this anymore. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, then let's see. I don't know what this says. Uh, then I guess then Dean pulls Sam away uh, quietly to discuss some things. Charlie says, hey, dudes, dudes, secrets are bad. Dean <laughs> says, I think that's really cute. Because, yeah. yeah, they are, fuckers. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Dean says, Charlie, I don't think you should be anywhere around this piece of crap salesman. Sam says, and, and I don't think that finding dark Charlie and locking her up is going to work. I mean, she may be dark, but she's still a part of you. Charlie says, you're right. I hate it, but you're right. Okay, let's go to the bunker. Bomb used the key to Oz. Maybe there's something in the mental letters files about the key. If we fix it, we can get back to Oz. Dean says, all right, you guys dig into that. I'm going to keep an eye on Russell and uh, wait for Dark Charlie to show up. Are you sure? Sam says, Dean, maybe maybe I should be the one. Dean says, no, 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 I got it. It's a, I just can't believe I have to protect this piece of crap. Sam says, no, you got to protect them both. I mean, if Dark Charlie gets hurt, then... Charlie says, so do I, so be careful. Dean says, got it, and he leaves. Charlie says to Sam, is he okay? Sam says, uh, I'll tell you on the way. Come on. <laughs> There'd be no. <laughs> That's a long story. Okay, I need some more water. <clears throat> okay, I'm just going to say real quick, sorry about all the water drinking. I had a procedure a couple days ago where I got knocked out, and my throat is just not recovered from that breathing tube, so blah. You good. I'm struggling, but that's fine. Okay. <clears throat> okay, so we cut to Dean and Baby. He's outside Russell Wellington's office. He's listening to meditation tapes and eating almonds. <laughs> <laughs> the tape deck says, the key to quieting your mind is minding your quiet. Know and understand the lack of an answer is, uh, but Dean yanks the tape out, throws it on the seat. And then we see Russell Wellington pull up and get out of his car, which is like a douchey, expensive DeLorean door style car. Ugh. I'm sorry. If that thing doesn't time travel, I don't fucking want it. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, Dean walks into the waiting room, signs his name on a list, and then takes a seat to wait his turn. We cut to the bunker library. Sam says, okay, here we go. Clive Dillon. <laughs> 
He is the man of letters that first discovered the key to Oz. So, according to this incident report, Clive went to Oz, but he left the key on Earth. And then L. Frank Baum found the key and went to rescue Clive in Oz. Charlie says, that's when Dorothy snuck along for the ride and got stuck there. Sam says, right. And then after Baum rescued Clive, Clive came back and retired. Charlie says, you can retire from the men of letters? Sam says, well, apparently they put him in some sort of like, I don't know, witness relocation program. (laughs) Charlie says, where did he end up? Sam says, let's find out. So we come back to Dean in the waiting room reading a women's health magazine. The office assistant says, Mr. Presley, Mr. Presley. Dean says, yes. Yeah. Hi. Uh, Actually, I'm, uh, you know, really into this article on uh, mammograms. Riveting stuff. (laughs) If somebody else wants to go, he, he would be. Of course, he would be. Okay. Uh, he looks around the room and sees that he is the only person left waiting. He says, "Right, yes, okay, well, let's do this." The office assistant shows Dean into Wellington's office and says, "Mr. Presley, for you, sir." Russell says, "Is that it for the day?" The office assistant says, "Yes, sir." Russell says, okay, you can head out. Uh, I need my uh, dry cleaning taken to the lake house and pick up Pepper and take her to the dog groomers, okay? The assistant says, yes, sir, and she leaves. Russell says, thank you. Mr. Presley, Russell Wellington, please have a seat. So what can you tell me about what you're looking for today? Dean says, all right, well, um, let me describe my dream home. So we cut to Sam and Charlie in the bunker. Charlie says, the men of letters gave Clive a new name a new house, both of which are still listed. I think Clive might still be alive. Sam says, well, he'd be like a hundred something. Charlie says, time passes differently in Oz. It's close by. Let's go look. If he's still kicking, he is the only person who might be able to fix the key to Oz. Sam says, all right, let's go. Charlie says, okay. So we cut back to Dean in Russell's office. He says, I'm not saying that I have to have a jacuzzi. I'm just saying that I really like bubbles. (laughs) Russell says, "Uh, Mr. Presley, look, I'm just going to stop you right there. Judging from your cheap shoes and your faded jeans, I'm guessing the only house you're in the market for comes with wheels. Now, look, I'm a busy jerk, though. It is such an asshole. Okay. (laughs) I would have been like, I got credit cards. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. They're all the different names, but still. Yeah. Uh, uh, Russell says, now, look, I'm a busy man. My time is extremely valuable. I prefer not to have it wasted by some hayseed. Dean says, I'm willing to buy if you're willing to sell. So why don't you show me what you got? Russell says, well, I can show you the door. And he picks up the phone to call security. But Dean hangs up the call. Russell says, who the hell do you think you are? Dean says, I'm the guy who's going to save your life. Russell says, excuse me? Dean says, Hill and Oak Street. Station wagon with a man and a woman in it on their way to pick up their little daughter from a slumber party. That ring a bell? Russell says, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Dean says, oh, no, you wouldn't because you were too drunk to remember anything that night. Russell says, I think you had me confused with somebody else or somebody that cares or maybe somebody who wouldn't pay people off to cover up manslaughter. Uh, I think Dean said, I'm confused about what I wrote here. <laughs> hmm. Okay, um, I'm just going to skip a little bit because that didn't seem quite right, did it? <clears throat> okay, suddenly the power goes out. Russell says, what the hell's going on? Dean says, stay here. Do not leave this room. And Dean leaves the room to investigate, and he finds Dark Charlie in the waiting room. Dean says, Charlie, let's talk about this. 
Stark Charlie says, you Winchester boys and your talk. Blah, 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 repressed feelings. Blah, 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 passive aggression. <laughs> I mean. I like that. It's pretty accurate. I mean, yeah. It's not wrong. Yep. Dean says, come on, kiddo. You don't want to do this. Dark Charlie says, I don't want to hurt him. I just want to talk. Dean says, yeah, like you talked to all the others. Dark Charlie says, you're right. I got out of hand. But this was never about revenge. Dean says, right. Dark Charlie says, I want him to see my face. I want him to see what he did to me, to us. That's all. Please, Dean, I deserve that. And then we hand him over to the cops. And she hands Dean her knife. Dean says, okay. And he takes her knife uh, back in Russell's office. The door opens and in walks Dark Charlie. Russell says, Mr. Then he sees that it's Charlie and says, Celeste. Dark Charlie says, no one's called me that in a long, long time. Russell says, uh, I am so sorry. What I did, it, I was young and stupid. What I took, I can never give back to you. But what I did after the accident, that never should have happened. And I wasn't drunk for that. I was stone cold sober. It was selfish and wrong. And I should pay for it. And I will pay for it. Dark Charlie says, you took everything from me. Russell says, please, Celeste, I am so sorry. Dark Charlie says, Russell, forgive you. Then she turns around and slams the door shut and locks it. Russell says, but then Charlie <laughs> grabs <laughs> Russell's letter opener and stabs him with it. Yay. I'm not really sorry about that. Sorry. Yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, I know. Like, yeah. Okay. Uh, then she jumps through the window and runs away. Uh, Dean from behind the closed office door yells, Charlie, Charlie, don't do this, Charlie. Uh, he breaks. I, I just sounded like Charlie bit me. <laughs> Ouch, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I played that video for Killian the other day and he was yeah. obsessed with it. I even played him the like when those kids were older and like recreated it and he just thought it was the best thing ever. Have you showed him the auto-tuned one? No. <laughs> I won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> All right. So uh, Dean breaks through the door and finds Russell dead and Charlie gone. So we cut to Sam and good Charlie. They're in her Volkswagen on the way to see if Clive Dillon is still alive. Um, Sam's phone rings and he answers. He says, Dean, hey, hold on. I'm putting you on speaker. What happened? Dean says, it's over. Sam says, what do you mean it's over? Dean says, she got to Russell. She killed him. Good Charlie says, oh my God. Dean says, Charlie, if you can hear me, I'm so sorry. Good Charlie says, it's not your fault. It's mine. Dean says, no, 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 don't, don't say that. This is not on you. Sam says, all right, let's, uh, let's try and stick to the plan, guys. Dean says, did you find a way back to Oz? Sam says, maybe. Uh, look, the man of letters who originally found the key, he's still alive. He lives in Junction City under the name Michael Carter. I'll text you the, blah, 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 blah. I'll text you the address. Just come and meet us. Dean says, all right, I'm on my way. <clears throat> so we cut to inside a bar. Dean is sitting at the bar and staring at a shot of whiskey in front of him. Uh, the hot bartender says, are you going to stare at that all night? Dean says, I'm pacing myself. She moves away and Dark Charlie walks up and says, she's cute. Dean says, you lied to me. Dark Charlie says, you lied to yourself. That's kind of your move. Something, Something's off about you, though, isn't it? It's always something with you, boys. Dean says, I've made mistakes, but I'll pay for mine. And you'll pay for yours. 
Dark Charlie says, come on, Dean. I'm not the monster here. He was. He got what he deserved. You know I'm right. You know what I learned about being dark? It sets you free. And part of you knows knows that's right, too. Uh, so we cut to Clive Dillon's house. Um, Sam and good Charlie knock on the front door. An older man answers. And it's Clive. He says, hello? Good Charlie says, Clive Dillon? Clive says, no, my name is... Sam says, Michael Carter, right. But it was Clive Dillon, wasn't it? Back in the Men of Letters? Back in Oz? Clive says, you seem to be confused. There's no Clive Dillon here. And Oz, that's just a fairy tale. It's best <laughs> left on the bookshelves where it belongs. Charlie notices a long scar on the man's cheek and says, so you've never seen this before. And she holds out half of the broken key to Oz. Uh, we cut back to the bar. The bartender pulls a shot for Dark Charlie and then says, enjoy. She walks away and Dark Charlie says, delicious. Dean says, all right, listen, Dark Charlie. Dark Charlie says, oh, grow up. There's no right. There's no wrong. There's just us and them. Because good people say that for real. Okay. <laughs> Dean says, yeah, well, there's not going to be a you for very much longer. Dark Charlie says, uh-oh, did Princess find me a way back to Oz? Uh, that's not what she says. She says, did Princess me find a way back to Oz? Dean <laughs> says, that's right, yeah, a former man of letters, retired in Grantville, two towns over. They're going to fix the key to Oz, find the wizard, and put you back where you belong. Dark Charlie says, back into Charlie? Is that where I belong? Well, hmm, we'll just see, won't we? In the meantime, if you're not going to ask her, uh, I said that weird. If you're not going to ask her to dance, then I will. She gets up and follows the hot bartender to the back room. <laughs> Dean picks up his shot of whiskey and almost takes it until uh, the hot bartender comes out from the back alone. Dean says, what happened? Did my friend strike out? The bartender says, your friend? She just left out the back door. Then Dean hears baby's engine being revved. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know. He runs outside just in time to see Dark Charlie dry off, drive off in baby. Dean says, no, no, no. Oh, you son of a bitch. Damn it. He pulls out his phone and dials Sam. Uh, when he answers, Dean says, Sam. Sam says, hey, where the hell are you? Dean says, Dick Charlie just hotwired baby. She thinks she's <laughs> on her way to you. Sam says, what? Dean says, I told her the wrong town. So I probably bought you a little bit of time, but uh, just be on the lookout. I'll be there as soon as I can jack a ride. Sam says, thanks, hurry. Dean checks a nearby car door and finds it unlocked. Uh, we cut to inside Clive Dillon's house. Clive and good Charlie are talking about the keys. Sam is up and looking around. Clive says, the six keys of Oz were forged from Oz steel. They can only be repaired in that magical realm. Good Charlie says, so there's no going back. I can't put my darkness away. Clive says, I'm sorry. Sam says, what happened to you in Oz? Clive says, that's in my report. Sam says, your report just says you were kidnapped. By whom? Clive says, bad people. Good Charlie says, I know that look. You're lying. And lying is, Clive says, bad. Yes, I know. What happened to you, my dear? Happened to me. Good Charlie says, what? Clive says, a coven of witches grabbed me. They used their inner key on me, unleashed my id. He was awful. He killed all the witches and went into a tantrum. Was power hungry and crazy. He became the Wizard of Oz. Good Charlie says, Frank's daughter, Dorothy, runs Emerald City now. The wizard, Dark You, he is right by her side. 
If she's in trouble, <clears throat> Clive says, well, without the key to Oz, there's no way we can get back to the wizard. But there may well be a way to summon him here. And then Clive pulls a gun out from a drawer, makes sure it's loaded, and then says, if I am mortally wounded, he'll have to come back here to save us both. <clears throat> Good Charlie says, wait, 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 there has to be another way. Clive says, what he has done is my fault. After all, he is me and I am him. So maybe it's time that both of us answered for our sins. It's the good thing to do, right? Right? <clears throat> so we cut to outside of Clive's house. Dean pulls up in his stolen minivan and Dark Charlie is right behind him and baby. They get out of the rides and Dark Charlie says, I figured you'd lie about where to go next. That's what I would do. Dean says, what the hell do you want? Dark Charlie says, I just want to talk to her. Dean says, oh, you're not going anywhere near her. I'm not going to let you corrupt her. Dark Charlie says, corrupt her? Dean says, you take one more step, I'm going to put you down. Dark Charlie says, there's the Dean I love. Uh, back in the house, Clive lays on the floor, or Clive lies on the floor bleeding from a bullet wound in his abdomen. Uh, a green light starts to shine out of a mirror that's in the room. The mirror shatters outward, and the Wizard of Oz walks out of it. Uh, hey. <laughs> I know. Look who it is. Uh, all the glass flies back into the mirror and reseals. Uh, the wizard looks at good Clive and takes off his mask. He is still a young man. Uh, he is, oh, I don't know what this says. Hell, he is also bleeding from his abdomen. <laughs> he says, what have you done, you fool? Sam points his gun at the wizard, who magics it away and conjures ropes to tie up Sam with. The wizard says to good Clive, you had but one task, stay alive. And you couldn't even manage that. Suddenly, Charlie shouts, uh, what is happening here with my nose? Okay, Charlie says, ah! <laughs> and her mouth is suddenly bleeding. She looks at Sam alarmed. Outside, Dark Charlie and Dean are brawling. Dark Charlie says, you hit like a girl who never learned how to hit. <laughs> I kind of like that a lot. That's a pretty good line. Yeah. Uh, she kicks his ass for a bit, and then he hits her uh, in the face again. Inside, good Charlie says, ah! <laughs> Outside, <laughs> dark, <laughs> dark Charlie says, that's it, big boy. Let it all out. So Dean hits her some more. Inside, good Charlie says, ow, ow. Sam says to the wizard, stop this, please. Let me help my friend. The wizard says, your friend wanted to be a hero. And you know what happens to heroes? They die. The wizard holds up his hand and uses his magic to choke Sam. Uh, outside, Dean says to Dark Charlie, you hurt my friend. Dark Charlie says, I learned it by watching you. <laughs> then, <laughs> Dean, I, I can't, I don't know how many times I say that to Eric in a day. Like so many. He's probably <laughs> incredibly annoyed, but okay. <laughs> uh, uh, where was I? Okay, then Dean gets a hold of Dark Charlie and breaks her arm. Inside, um, good Charlie uh, tries to hold her arm close to her body. She grabs the gun off the floor and points it at good Clive. Good Clive says, I forgive you. We both do. Then Charlie shoots good Clive, killing him and the wizard. Charlie collapses and Sam, Sam grabs uh, Sakim's. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Sam grabs some keys off of the dead wizard. He says, Charlie, hang on. Hey, you okay? He carries her outside to where Dean is punching Dark Charlie over and over and over as she lays on the ground. Sam says, Dean, Dean. Dean realizes, finally, what he's doing and stands up. 
Sam lays good Charlie on the ground next to dark Charlie, who says to her, you did it, didn't you? You killed the wizard. Um, good Charlie nods and dark Charlie <laughs> says, I knew it. Shot the sheriff. Yeah. Yeah, you fucking did. Okay. <laughs> uh, dark Charlie says, the magic was in you all the time, Celeste. Um, let's see. I don't know what this says. Sam, I think this is what I'm trying to say. Sam lays a key on good Charlie's chest. A light shines out of both Charlie's. Then Sam puts his arms around Charlie. Nope, that's not right. Then, uh, yeah, okay, sorry. I got like arrows and craziness happening. Okay. Uh, then dark Charlie gets sucked back inside a good Charlie. Sam uh, puts his arms around Charlie and holds her. He says, Charlie, Charlie, hey, I got you. It's okay. It's okay. She starts crying, and Dean looks horrified about causing her injuries. Uh, so we cut to the bunker library. Sam's on the phone. Dean is at the table. Into the phone, Sam says, yeah, he's, uh, he's better. I mean, he's calmed down now. Cass, we got we to gotta find Kane, or we got to find something, you know? Right. Yeah, I know. I hear you. Okay, you got it. All right, thanks. Sam hangs up the phone, and Charlie walks into the room. Sam says, hey, uh, shouldn't you be resting up? Charlie says, I think sleeping for two days in a row is probably enough. Sam says, so are you? It's not, though. <laughs> <laughs> Go longer if you can. Never yeah. enough. <laughs> uh, Charlie says, good? Bad? I think I'll just settle for balanced. Dean watches from the table and goes back to his research. Charlie asks Sam, anything about the mark? Sam says, yeah, maybe. I found this book. It's a lore book called The Book of the Damned. Charlie says, sounds legit. Sam says, it's in a library somewhere in Tuscany. It might be a dead end, but I figured. Charlie says, I'll go check it out. Sam says, whoa. Charlie says, look, there's no going back to Oz. And with the wizard gone, Dorothy will be free. No, that's not what she says. She says, Dorothy will be fine. <laughs> Sam says, so does this mean no more adventure? Charlie says, I think we have all the adventure we can handle right here. Sam says, what about? Charlie says, dark Charlie? She's a uh, quiet. I just got to keep moving forward. We all do. Charlie goes over to Dean and he says, Charlie, I, Charlie says, we are going to fix this. I'm not letting what happened to me happen to you. Dean says, but it's already happened. Sam says, Kane found a way to live with it. Dean says, right. Yeah. After centuries of murder, Charlie <laughs> says, yeah, well, there's one thing that you have that he <laughs> took him a little while. <laughs> no, he just had to get a little bit out of his system. <laughs> Just a couple centuries worth. Yeah, it was a little pre-funking. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Charlie says, yeah, well, there's one thing you have that he didn't. You're a Winchester. I forgive you, Dean. Dean says, yeah, well, I don't. Charlie says, I know. Kind of your move. How's that working out for you, huh? He stands up and hugs her. He says, I'm so sorry, kiddo. Charlie says, then prove it. She walks over to Sam, who also hugs her, and then she heads for the door. Sam says, be careful out there. Charlie says, does that sound like either of me? If I find something, I'll call. If not, I'll just keep digging. Sam says, Charlie, thank you. Charlie says, I'm not going to say this word night. I totally know how to say this word, but I now that I'm in the moment. Arrivederci. I can't say it. Arrivederci. There you go. It's like, I'm looking at it. I can't make my mouth do it. Anyways, then she says, bitches. <laughs> and then she walks up the stairs to the door and leaves. Sam says to Dean, you good? Dean says, no. Sam says, she's right, Dean. You can do this. We can do this. Dean says, then let's get to work. 
Sam walks away, and Dean looks at his hand, which is no longer shaking. Which I'm a little worried about, but okay. <laughs> and credits. Okay, so my thoughts for this episode. Um, <laughs> the first one is, like, the only thing that I remember about this entire episode, which is kind of funny because, it's like, I like Charlie a lot, and I don't remember this hardly at all. The one yeah. thing I remember is when she like is fighting Dean and like puts him in a headlock with her legs. And partially that's because Felicia Day is like, this was the best day in my acting career ever that I got yeah. to <laughs> tackles in a headlock, you know, like, <laughs> you she know, said that she, it wasn't a headlock. It's that she got to wrap her legs around his neck. Oh yeah. That too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She is hysterical when she tells that story. It's yeah, fantastic. Like, <laughs> yeah. And everyone just goes, <sighs> yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that's literally the only thing I remember. And I don't know if it's like, I remember, I kind of remember like the scene sort of, but I, I think part of the reason why I remember it is because she talks about it a lot. I think so. <laughs> or I, I should say she talks about it a lot, but like, I've heard that story a lot anyways. Right. Yeah. I, I remember that. And I also remember the like hug at the end where like, she's where like Dean is like so upset with himself for hurting her and she's like hugging him goodbye I remember that part but like those were the only two parts I vaguely yeah. remember some sort of wizard thing but like that was it yeah was like, just, like I think there's a wizard I don't even know yeah yeah <laughs> so. I I don't I don't know there's something about like this season that I just don't remember a lot of like I when I watched the season I must not have like I, although I do think that this is the season that I started watching it on TV, mm-hmm. so it was more spaced out, you know, like I wasn't just like binge watching three and four or five episodes a night, you know, yeah, right. like I was, you know, one at a time, so yeah, um, I kind of wonder if like from here to like, you know, season like 13, 14, if I'm gonna like remember much of it, because it was when I finally started watching it you know on tv but yeah no i get it like these episodes i i've only seen once really you know mm-hmm. except oh, yeah, for maybe too. a handful so yeah. yeah all of this is like oh yeah i kind of remember that but like i don't really remember i don't remember how the season ends i have an idea but i'm not sure if it's this season or next season that i'm even thinking of you know so like yeah it's just like it's a lot of that like honestly until like the last season and I don't even remember, like, the beginning of the last season. I just remember the end because it's fucking traumatic. But, okay, we'll get there. We'll get yeah, there. Yeah, like, I Ooh, remember a couple of things that I think might be this season, but I'm not sure. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> yeah. too. So, yeah, it's interesting to go. But, but honestly, this season, like, I'm not going to say I don't like this season, but I feel like this season more than others, I've I've had that, like, I've started an episode and been like, oh, yeah, it's this one. Um, yeah you know I'm doing that a little bit more I thought I was going to do that more in season six and seven you know with like the whole you know Sam out of hell soulless thing and also oh, the no. like all the dick jokes but that yeah. was surprisingly much more delightful than I remember yeah so, I don't know <laughs> yeah I think like season nine and this I feel like I remember more from season nine that I'm remembering from this season so far but I feel like season nine was kind of like eh for me you know I don't even remember season nine what happened I know we just did it I don't fucking remember what just happened I honestly don't remember either. <laughs> I mean like I just remember I not being a, too impressed <laughs> I think that's it probably was, why I don't remember <laughs> was it all Metatron stuff is that why probably. all of that all of that just kind of dissolves down into one episode for me you know yeah, and then like, like Dean dies and like demons out okay but that's really 
this season, right? That's not really last. So, ah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, <laughs> I know. I'm just like, okay. I'd have to rewatch the whole thing again. <laughs> and yeah. I'm not going to do that right now. So, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, other than that, like, I kind of, like, just in general for this episode, like, well, mostly towards the end of the episode, like, I kind of feel bad for Charlie getting, like, the shit beaten out of her. But yeah. also, like, I feel worse for Dean because he's, like, he's hurting his friend and he, like, can't stop himself, you know? And so he just yeah. feels super guilty. He's, like, I don't want to hurt you, but I need to, you know? <laughs> like, right, yeah, yeah. So, I, I just, I, like, yeah, I felt bad for him for Me that. Too. But, yeah. Uh, you know, at that point, I just kind of, <laughs> it is what it is. And you can't really do anything about it, you know? Yeah. I felt really bad for, for good Clive, honestly. I mean, yeah. he did the right thing. but And I was surprised that good Charlie was able to kill him with her good code going. Yeah. I mean, I understand how, but I was still surprised, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. I think that, yeah, I think those are my only thoughts. I really <laughs> Okay. <laughs> what was your favorite moment from this episode? Um, I had two. One of them was when um, Char- Dark Charlie and Dean are kind of fighting at the end. And she says, you hit like a girl who never learned how to hit or something. Oh, like yeah. That. <laughs> that was pretty, I like that line. And then also when Good Charlie is in the bar um, with Dean and I think Sam too. And she's talking about how she doesn't like being good and staring at the hot bartender and she's she like says, this is killing me yeah she's like now all I want to do is sip club soda and send her to college <laughs> which I just thought was adorable and you're yeah. right she was disappointed about feeling that she's way she was disappointed in herself super funny yep 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 <clears throat> so like, Charlie's got some game for sure she got some balls like she'll just walk up to anybody that she thinks is cute and like hey you know like, yeah exactly which I admire about her because not very many people can do that yeah I agree I sure can't yeah <laughs> uh, I of course do like the moment too when she gets to like wrap her legs around Dean's neck I think I think yeah. people everywhere were just like yeah fuck yeah you know? <laughs> So, yeah, and yeah. that he got, like, stuck in that position and was, like, trying to call for Sam, you know, for help. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was great. I'm yeah. stuck. I'm stuck. Yeah. I don't so, know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> what was your favorite moment or moments? Um, I kind of liked the, you know, put him in a, put him in a headlock with her legs situation mm-hmm. just because I thought, I mean. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very funny. Black Widow, which she, was cool. Yeah, she, like, totally got the best of him, and he was like, I don't know what to do. And she's like, <laughs> And mostly part of that is because Felicia Day is like, he about it, you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, my other favorite part, like, I wouldn't, it wasn't really something that happened, but it was more just, like, I liked the fact that, uh, this is in the interesting facts, but um, I would like to say that I noticed it before I knew it was in the interesting facts. Okay. <laughs> wrote it down first. <laughs> but, um Charlie's knife looks like Frodo's from um, uh, Lord of the Rings. It looks like Sting. You're right. I noticed that, too. And they did that on purpose. I think so, yeah. Well, you would know because of the interesting facts. Okay. I also noticed that, like, maybe this is in the books of the Wizard of Oz books, but um, 
you know, she mentioned that there were, or someone mentioned anyway, that there were six keys or something. And I was like, huh, this is very Lord of the Rings, you know, rings. But yeah. I, you know, don't know any more about that. So I don't know if it's actually like that. I just was like, oh, yeah, that's oh, kind yeah, of no, the thing. Okay. So yeah. anyway, yeah, you're right. But yeah, I thought, I thought that was cool. I was like, ooh, they're like giving her a knife that's kind of like her, one of her favorite series and all that. Anyway. Totally. Um, wow. That was awesome. But I, I just like the crossover. Mm-hmm. Um, so our interesting facts, it says in a panel at C2E2, I'm not sure what that is. I'm not sure either. Um, with Robbie Thompson, the writer of this episode, he stated that in the bar scene with good Charlie, Sam, and Dean, that scene was originally written over 700 pages, <laughs> according to the commentary on the DVD, to explain about everything that happened to Charlie and Oz, and that in those pages, Charlie had a pet dragon named Mittens, <laughs> which was written in as a joke. Uh, okay, wait, C2E2 stands for Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo. Okay. So it's a convention. Yeah. Like a Comic-Con type thing. Yeah, it's like a Chicago one, yeah. 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 Um, so it says, um, when visiting the councilwoman, Sam and Dean introduced themselves as Special Agent Gabriel and Special Agent Collins. Um, this is a reference to Peter Gabriel and Phil Collins of the band Genesis. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, every time I hear Phil Collins, all I think about is, like, his movie, or his, like, movie music. So, like, from, like, Tarzan. <laughs> and, uh, oh, what was it? I think it was, no, no, no. That was Brian Adams was spirit. Um, oh, really? When I, okay, I got to see if this is right. Um, do you, did you ever watch South Park? I can't remember. No, I've like seen bits and pieces here and there, but I don't know. It's just kind of like the dumb humor like that. I just can't like, mm-hmm. can't do it. It just doesn't, you know, like I love I like know. Monty Python and like that sort of stuff, which is kind of like slapstick and still kind of dumb, but like. It is, you know, watching yeah. like Dumb and Dumber and that sort of stuff. Like, yeah. I just can't do it. It yeah. just, it doesn't. Do I agree with for you me. on that. Yeah, I, I did watch a little bit of South Park. It was like when I was like 17 and 18 with kind of like my friend group at the time, mm-hmm. and that was a good time. Like, yeah. my, that's like my only experience really with South Park. But like, we ingested a lot of it at that time, so yeah. <laughs> I can like appreciate it for like kind of reminding me of that time in my life yeah. just like I can with like different songs or bands that I listen to at that time mm-hmm. that's kind of what it is for me but there was one episode that I adore and it's where all the parents decide that their kids all have ADD and so they get them all on Ritalin <laughs> no. they put them all on Ritalin <sighs> and it's it's they decide <laughs> so the kids all start hallucinating little pink Christina Aguilera monsters <laughs> so fucking funny and they decide that the kids actually should not be on this medicine because they suddenly all like Phil Collins and they realize that that's wrong <laughs> but I think of when I think of Phil Collins my friend oh, Dana who was my uh like my best friend at the time she she made me a little pink Christina Aguilera monster and oh, I, no. I still have it I'll I'll find it and put a picture on for you <laughs> yeah so funny anyway okay sorry that was a <laughs> tangent um, <laughs> yeah the only thing I really know Phil Collins from I think is mostly from the Tarzan soundtrack because he did a lot of the music for that I did not know that I didn't know he was in a band ever I thought it was just him doing his own Disney mm-hmm. thing, you know, like, I, don't, <laughs> That's I mean, like, obviously he's going to have his own music other than that, but, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so it's, uh, wait, hold on. 
Oh, yeah. It says when Sam and Dean confront Dark Charlie at the councilwoman's house, um, she says, I should have known Rocket and Groot would track me down. Um, Rocket and Groot are two of the main characters from the Marvel Comics series Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, good Charlie is wearing a shirt that reads, what would Falkor do? Um, Falkor is the name of the luck dragon in the never-ending story from 1980. Oh, that's right. Fuck that movie. I never <laughs> want to see that shit again. Thanks. I remember, like, kind of watching it when I was a kid, but, like, I don't remember anything from it. You know, like, you get, I think it's that movie that the whole, like, horse in the mud pit thing happens. That's exactly the only thing I remember that movie. I feel like I would remember that, you know, but I don't remember that at all. So I'm, I, I think, though, when I watched it, I didn't watch the whole thing. It was, like, at somebody else's house when I was, like, a kid and, like, maybe I had to go home or I don't know. You know, like, I vaguely remember, like, seeing the kid riding on the big furry dragon looking thing yeah dragon dog whatever the heck it was right that's all I remember (laughs) yeah I never want to watch that shit again I liked it until the horse thing and yes the horse is fine later sure but that was long and traumatic and it was like you're dying because you're sad. It was just like, oh, I'm sad that you're sad that we're sad. Uh, yeah. know, it, was just, it was too much. Yeah. It was too long and it was too much. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't this. yeah no, not watching that shit ever again. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, um, okay. So it says in Supernatural uh, Slumber Party, when Charlie leaves for Oz, Dean asks if Sam thinks she'll be back. And Sam replies, there's no place like home, which is also the title of this episode. Ah, clever. Um, it says, uh, Sam makes the first reference in the series to the Book of the Damned. Um, he introduces it by showing Charlie a printout from the Italian Biblioteca Nationale Centrale. I probably said that totally wrong. Um, it <laughs> says, right. it, which is the National Central Library, um, with information on the actual Book of the Damned by author Charles Fort. Um, this was Fort's first nonfiction book concerning data that has been excluded quote-unquote, damned, by mainstream science, um, including data on mysterious disappearances, UFOs, and other anomalistic phenomena. Um, It says the house Barbara Condry lives in is the same home used in Season 8, Episode 18, uh, Freaks and Geeks, uh, where Chrissy and two other kids stay with Victor Rogers after a vampire slaughters their families. Okay. Um, it says, when Dean says, what is Kale? Um, this may be a reference to Misha Collins and his and his gish whiz blah, 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 event where Kale is one of the main jokes and appears in every year's event. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know. I've never done it. <laughs> I haven't either. Yeah. I don't think they're doing it anymore, are they? No, I think there was an announcement that it's done with for yeah. now. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, like, that's a lot to put on every year. You know? It sure is. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah. I get it, you know? Yeah. Um, where was I? Okay. Um, it says, Dean says about Charlie in the beginning that she would not hurt a hobbit, um, in reference to Charles or Charlie's uh, favorite book, The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. Um, she reads it to her mother while she is in a coma in the episode Supernatural Pac-Man Fever. Um, the short sword that Dark Charlie wields also looks very similar in design to the sword named Sting that belongs to the Hobbit's main character, Bilbo Baggins. And I would like to say that they fucked up, and that is, well, I guess it was originally Bilbo. I, I literally just watched this movie and, like, just watched oh, okay. this part, like, yeah. a day ago. So, it was Bilbo's at the beginning, and I mm-hmm. guess if you go 
to yeah i guess in the hobbit it would be you know because frodo's not in that but later on it is frodo's sword yeah so i guess i guess it's kind of both it's not wrong but it's also like not completely right that it's just bilbo's you know Mm -hmm. like it also belongs to somebody else at some point so yeah anyway (laughs) (laughs) i just had my little like geek out moment it's fine (laughs) i like it it says uh while talking at the bar dark charlie says to dean there's no right there's no wrong there's just us and them um us and them was a hit by pink floyd um who have a connection to the wizard of oz through the album dark side of the moon um Mm -hmm. have you done that when you listen to the um the album and watch the movie at the same time I have it. I know we talked about this on the podcast before, yeah. but it was like years ago. I don't even remember oh, yeah, all the things. We've probably yeah. told stories over and over and over. Um, it's I like have not see how much it lines up. Yeah, I always, I always meant to, but it has hmm. not happened yet. I would love to make that happen. We should so. do that at some point. I'm down. That could be one of our middle of the night, you know. <laughs> Like, Thanks. whoa. <laughs> I know, yeah. It yeah. Like, oh. It's so weird because so they may so they have you started at like a certain point during the credits because like in that movie the credits are at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. So you start it or you hit so you have to have like a CD player or something going at the same time that you've got the TV going. Um you hit play at a certain point in the credits and put it on repeat so it'll just like the CD will keep looping. Okay. Um and it's all it's all on Google. Like you can look it up the exact times and everything. But um, yeah, like it's creepy how much the music lines up exactly what's with what's happening in the movie. And mm-hmm. so I could see where like the first time you listen to the CD, how it would line up. Like if they like had intended that, and they they go, oh no, we didn't intend that. We didn't intend that. And I'm like, bullshit. There's no way you can't intend that and have it be able to do that. And then. Also, once it starts repeating over and over again, have it still line up exactly with the movie on the second go around. Like, yeah, no, no, no. That, that is, yeah. There's no way that can be a coincidence. I mean, like. I'm going to agree with you. There is there's some sort of planning there, but I think they just like, I don't know, maybe it was like a copyright. I wouldn't say like it couldn't be a copyright issue because they're making their own music, but like you never know. Yeah, the difference. It could be some sort of weird legal thing that they're like, oh no, that's not a thing. It's like, oh bullshit. You know, like Like, there's no way it's not. You know. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I think more bands should do cool stuff like that. You know, lining it up with movies exactly. I wonder though if that was, you know, if there were like laws against that after this moment though maybe that's why it's never happened again or maybe I just don't know anything about it I don't know I mean I don't really know anything about it either but yeah yeah, like it definitely was kind of like "Mm, okay you know like yeah oh you didn't mean for it to exactly line up with this movie and then exactly line up with it again when it loops I don't think so like there's there's no way that that whole thing can be a coincidence. Cause I was like looking to like nitpick the thing and be like, Oh, it doesn't totally line up here or here or here. No, it lines up perfectly. The whole thing, the whole time. Huh. That's crazy. Okay. You know, like, <laughs> here's the thing. Do we have a CD player? I don't think I do. I also I don't have, have that CD album. Player. Okay. I don't have oh. that album. What? 
I'll have, I have a CD player somewhere. I don't know where yes. it is. <laughs> I also don't have that album. I think I have that movie, though, on DVD. My dad has the album. Okay. So, good. And I'm sure that, like, on the way over, I could be like, hey, I need to stop by and pick up your CD, and I can drop it off on the way home, because, like, we need to do this thing. He'd be yeah. like, uh, <laughs> you're weird, but okay. You know? Uh-huh. <laughs> Whatever. Just tell him what you're doing. He'll, he'll be... I don't know. I mean, we've done it before. That's yeah. I watched it that way with my parents and stuff. The cool. first, like, when I did that, you know, it was like my whole family. That was the thing that we did around. That's cool. Yeah. I don't know. Wizard of Oz is kind of one of those. Like in my family, we watch that movie, um, <clears throat> like usually once a year around like Halloween. I don't know why it's a Halloween movie for our family, but it is. Um, that and Arsenic and Old Lace. <laughs> yeah. But because um, the Wizard think- of Oz is a little scary. Those fucking monkeys, man. I hated them. I remember the first time I watched it. I don't know how old I was, but I was over at my great grandmother's house and my step great grandfather's house. And like, <laughs> I remember watching it and like having them having to like turn it off because I got so freaked out by the monkeys. And I was like, like, oh my God, she's going to kill the dog. You know, like I just yeah. couldn't, you know. <laughs> yeah, I get like, it. I remember being like traumatized from it by like a in like a young age, right? And then the next time I think I watched it was probably in like middle school, maybe high school. I don't know, like late middle school, early high school was like the next time I watched it. And I still remember being kind of like <laughs> about yeah. it. But then I watched it and I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's fine. You know? Right. Yeah. Right. But, yeah. So, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um,. Where was I? Okay. Um, so it says, uh, Paul McGillan, who plays Peter Harper, previously appeared in the episode Fallen Idols as Jim Grossman. Okay. Fallen Idols, isn't that the one with Paris Hilton in it? Or is I that... So. No, that's that, how... That's a different one, is it? I don't... No. I thought it was Fallen Idols, but I... No, I don't know. I don't know either. I never remember, like, the names of the episodes other than, obviously, like, The French Mistake and, you know, like, yeah, channels and, like, those. My types. favorites. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. <laughs> okay, so it says Bar- Barclay Hope and Paul McGollin uh, both had starring roles on Stargate SG-1 from 1997 and Stargate Atlantis from 2004, which mm-hmm. both shows and Supernatural um, were shot in the Va- Vancouver, B.C., Canada areas. I'm I did not know that. We're actors in this episode somewhere, but yeah, was- yeah, they they are. I uh, so I did watch a little bit of SG-1, um, mm-hmm. but it was like it was such a weird time for me. I it was like this was before Eric and I got back together and I was just in a really weird mental place, you know, from all that. And I remember that I was literally drunk the entire time, like literally the entire time. And I was looking for a show to watch. And so I watched a bit of this and I, I enjoyed it, but like, I just, because I was drunk and I mean, like, you probably don't drunk, remember a whole lot. I don't know? remember it. Also, I couldn't really pay much attention also, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, so yeah. it, and, um, but I did like it. I obviously love the original movie. Um, mm-hmm. I never watched Atlantis, but I did watch all of Stargate universe, which is mu- a much more gritty show, sort of like a, almost like a gritty, like Battlestar Galactica kind of is. I mm-hmm. loved that. I enjoyed it. You know, who's in it is the actress who plays Abaddon. She's one of the main oh, characters. Yeah, so yeah, sort of like, um, yeah. Oh, what's her? Al- Elena. Elena Huffman. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, and she is fantastic in that. So, um, yeah, that's a great show, but it got canceled and you can tell that they sort of ended it on like a, 
We'll see what happens. Kind of know. Yeah, like, we might get picked up. We now might, use no. your imagination. Yeah. So yeah. that was a bummer. Anyway, great series though. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so it says uh, Sam and Dean use the aliases of Special Agent Gabriel and Collins and ask for details on a drunk driving case. Um, Phil Collins became the lead singer for the band Genesis, of which he and Peter Gabriel were both a part of. Um, before Gabriel left and sang Dreaming While You Sleep on the album We Can't Dance. Um, the song is about a hit and run, similar to what happened when Charlie was a child. Wow, okay. Um, it says, actor Barkley Hope, who plays Russell Willington, okay, well, though, now we have it, um, first appeared as Professor, professor, professor Arthur Cox in Season 2, Episode 15, Tall Tales. I knew it. That's the that's the professor at the beginning who like the ghost girl like you know kills him by pushing him out the window at the very beginning. Oh. But it's really the trickster. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I knew that guy up. was familiar yeah, in like yeah. a creepy asshole kind of way. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I do. I do remember that. I can't like totally place the face, but yes, like yeah. I do. I do remember that. I've seen that episode so many times. So <laughs> I think that's why. Yeah. Dancing aliens. <laughs> I know. It's one of my faves, man. It's just, yeah. It just, it got, it got it right, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so our research from this week is, of course, about the Wizard of Oz because we can. And it's Ranker. And because we can. So, <laughs> um, this is the weirdest, most disturbing creatures in the Wizard of Oz series. So, okay. So all uh, the books. How many books are there, I wonder? You're probably about to tell me. Um, it doesn't say in the beginning. So <laughs> I don't think it does say. It might say somewhere in there, but it doesn't say in the little opening. Okay. I'll so. look it up. Um, so it says, L. Frank Baum's Oz books have delighted multiple generations of children. The first one was published in 1900, and a beloved film adaptation of The Wizard of Oz um, has enchanted audiences since 1939. Uh, the book scared quite a few people, though. <laughs> in fact, Oz is a haunting place full of frightening scenes. The scariest things in the Wizard of Oz series still cause nightmares. Uh, the Wicked Witch of the West is just the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. Um, it says the denizens of Oz are famously immortal, but the books are chock full of twisted fates. Excuse me, I had like a weird like hiccup thing. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> it says it's enough to make you steer clear of the yellow brick road for good. Uh, did did you figure out how many books there were? Yes, there are fourteen. Okay, fourteen written by Bob. Like, and I'm like, did she is she like is she waiting for me to? Start? Oh no 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 so, yeah there, there's fourteen written by Bomb and then it says there's a fifteenth book written by somebody else. Um, I'm not sure if it I, I'm it's not clear out if that's part of the actual series or not though. So okay yeah. Um. So the first one is the Scoodlers. <laughs> um, it says the Scoodlers are downright nasty. These creepy flesh eaters are made out of all sorts of mixed up artificial body parts. Ooh. Plus their heads can spin around and detach. They obsess over cooking and devouring strangers in soup. 
This is not even the love magnet. A magic artifact that pacifies everyone can stop the Scoodlers. They'll just love you in their cooking pot. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, like, okay, do their heads need to be attached to their bodies to eat somebody? I got questions about this. I feel like probably. I feel like that makes sense. I feel like they can detach their heads either to, like, you know, pick them up and look over something or like that's the like my automatic thing Ew. is like okay like that's like why else would you do that yeah <laughs> or like I'm to freak out. people out you know right but I would assume um, that they would I mean because if you can't chew <laughs> I mean you then, can chew there's just nothing well I, I don't know yeah magic I, know. Right? I would assume it's their not... heads have to be attached for them to eat <laughs> yeah um yeah. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> um, the second one is Princess Mombi, uh, I think, um, or Languideer. Mm, I don't know if I'm doing that, saying that right. <laughs> okay. um, it says, Princess Languideer takes an idea of sacrificing for fashion to the next level by removing her cranium and replacing it with those she deems more beautiful. Oh. She takes the other heads by force, even keeping little girls so that they might someday provide options. Yeah. Uh, when Languideer sleeps, she goes headless entirely. The princess is more, or even more terrifying in film, changing her name to Mombi and chasing Dorothy through a hallway of shrieking skulls. So, like, there's gotta be some sort of, like, movie other than The Wizard of Oz that is, like, you know, Oz-related. Yeah, somehow. there is. I, I know I watched The Return to Oz. Which is the official second movie. It's got um, Feruza Balk, uh, very young, playing Dorothy. Younger than Judy Garland was, right? Judy Garland? Yeah. Yeah. Um, It is a straight-up horror movie. Like, it's not supposed to be, but it is. Like, it 1,000% is one of the creepiest things I've ever watched. I think I saw it when I was, like, 19. And I was like, I'm never watching this shit again. Is this This picture from that? I don't know. I don't remember that. But again, okay. I watched it once and was like, never again. I don't remember yeah. much of anything. Yeah. I'm Except guessing, that Verza Balk is awesome, of course. But yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing that's probably what it's from then. Yeah. I don't know if there are more movies. There may be. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, so the third one is The Hungry Tiger. Um, It says, the hungry tiger is one of Oz's many talking animals. Um, He strikes up a close friendship with the cowardly lion. It would almost be heartwarming if the tiger wasn't always talking about how badly he wants to eat babies. Seriously, he goes on for ages about crushing one between his jaws. Uh, The tiger claims his conscience won't let him eat the innocent infants, but its intense desire is difficult to swallow. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> See what you did there, Ranker. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> um, number four is the phantasms or fanphasms. Fanphasms. Um, says in Oz, almost every villain wants riches, magic, or dominion over the whole land. But the fanphasms from the Emerald City of Oz wish to harm the innocent and end happiness altogether. They shape. The, uh, these shape-shifting spirits live atop a volcano and subject all their visitors to torment. Um, when the Gnome King, it's N-O-M-E, not like a gnome, like a garden gnome, okay. um, tries to recruit them as allies, the fan the phasms only agree so they can end Oz, um, then the gnomes, and then the entire world. <laughs> oh, okay. No big deal then. I know, right? Um, number five is the, the Rack. It's R-A-K. Um, 
It says, in TikTok of Oz, um, a group of soldiers encounters a creepy bat-winged monster known as the Rack. Um, or maybe the Rake? I don't know. I don't know. I would say Rack. Okay, I'm going to go with Rack. <laughs> the Rack is only half visible, though, because its body is a furnace that sends out massive clouds of black smoke. In the dark, people can see the creature's massive burning eyes. The Rack also takes great pleasure in crushing soldiers and talking about eating them. There's a lot of eating other creatures going on here. Yeah. It's an a interesting like, theme. I'm going to eat this thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, uh, number six is the gnomes. Um, it says, first introduced in the book Ozma of Oz, the underground gnomes held the villain title long before the Wicked Witch. This is, again, the N-O-M-E-S, not, you know, garden gnomes. Yeah, okay. Um, it says the unfriendly, unpleasant little beasts love mining and Roquat moves over them or rules over them. Um, a tyrannical king, he often slashes his subjects when displeased with them. The Gnome King becomes even more nightmarish in their movie Return to Oz, where he emerges from stone itself in a creepy stop motion. Um, when Dorothy and friends feed him a laced egg, though, he disintegrates. <laughs> nice. Um, Lace so number what? I, I don't know. It doesn't say. <laughs> huh. Um, okay. Number seven is the winged monkeys. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Those little bastards. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, it says, servants of the Wicked Witch of the West, the winged monkeys appear in the original The Wonderful Wizard of Oz book, chattering and flapping away. In that story, they smash the tin woodman on a pile of rocks, tear apart the scarecrow, and trap the cowardly lion in a tiny cage before taking Dorothy to serve as the witch's lackey. Um, number eight is the Tin Woodman, um, the Tin Man. Okay. Um, it says, yes, even the Tin Woodman, or Tin Man, has a creepy background. Formerly known as Nick Chopper, he was a normal human until he fell in love with a servant of the Wicked Witch of the West. The possessive witch cursed Nick's axe, and as Nick chopped wood, he also cut off his arm. The arm was replaced by a tin one, and then all of Nick's body transformed. What's more, he's unable to love the woman he fell for because he lost his heart. Oh, that sucks. Poor guy. I wouldn't think that that's creepy. Like, that, that doesn't make him, him a you know? creepy monster. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. Um, <clears throat> the next one is The Gump. Okay. <laughs> um, it says the Gump's origin story varies a little from book to movie, but it's basically a collection of objects tied together and brought to life by magic powder. Named after the stuffed head that was terminated long ago, the Gump didn't want to be reanimated. It complains about being an abomination with a sofa body and, a palm, fr and palm frond wings. <laughs> Later, the Gump merely exists as a talking head on a wall and seemingly enjoys that situation much more. Huh. Okay. Kind of weird. Yeah. Um, ten is oh, it's Q U O X. Quacks. <laughs> I like it. I'm gonna go with quacks. Okay. Quacks the dragon. Um, it says in TikTok of Oz, the gnome king angers a powerful magician emperor who loves to hold grudges. <laughs> the emperor sends one of his dragons, Quacks, to dethrone the gnome king using eggs, which are fatal to gnomes. Okay, so there we go. It wasn't a laced egg. It was just an egg. <laughs> it was a fucking egg. All right, got it. <laughs> Um, it says, the dragon doesn't take this mission willingly, though. The emperor has cursed him to be part bus with eyes that double his headlights. <laughs> um, okay. All right. So it's a, it's a dragon bus? Is that right? 
I think so. Yeah. A bus dragon. Uh-huh. Bus dragon. Okay. Um. <laughs> it's a little less terrifying for some reason, but okay. I know. Kind of weird. Whatever. Okay. Um, it says, Quox mostly takes his punishment in stride, but he's got to be one of the most passive-aggressive dragons ever. <laughs> I like it. I would be, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next one is the Patchwork Girl. Um, it says, the Patchwork Girl stars in her own Oz book. Um, a friendly entity, she has button eyes, sharp teeth, and jointless floppy limbs. Scraps, as she's also called, describes herself as demented and laughs at the idea of being captured by a villainous sorcerer. sorcerer. Moreover, she ends up in an interesting relationship with a scarecrow. Oh, okay. That doesn't sound like a scary monster either. Doesn't sound scary. Just, I mean, yeah, she's got teeth, but like. Yeah. Okay. Um, the next one is the glass cat. Um, it says the glass cat may be beautiful to look at, but, um, most everyone in Oz wants to stay away from this cold hearted feline. She's made of clear glass, but has pink gems for brains. Whoa. (laughs) A ruby heart and emerald eyes that are visible through her body at all times. Conceited, the beast continually brags about her supposed superiority. No one seems very fond of her either. Okay, so she's a see-through cat. Right. Yeah. Like. Does yes, she do like anything cat. bad to people, or is she just sort of annoying in her her snobbiness? I think she's just constantly talking about how good she is and how, you know, not good other people are. Like, that's so, a, like, just a normal cat. So just a cat, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the last one is Professor Wogglebug. <laughs> it says Professor Wogglebug may be a good guy with a college education, but his bizarre appearance and origin story will unnerve any bug-fearing folk. He was initially tiny, but a magic magnifying device made him hundreds of times larger, and he just walked off the magnifying screen. This, of course, terrified the poor students who witnessed the whole thing. <laughs> Later, the Wogglebug becomes a teacher in his own right and a friend to the heroes of Oz, but privately, many people find him very pompous. <laughs> okay i mean like okay fine but most of these aren't necessarily evil they're just i guess it just says weirdest most disturbing creatures oh okay so maybe not a creepy people, monster like, yeah okay that's interesting huh okay yeah yeah, oh. yeah. um <laughs> yeah so that's a research <laughs> go read that was interesting yeah. <laughs> um so what was your edge of moment from this week Okay, so I know I said a little earlier that I just had a procedure done where I got knocked out. Um, and um, so, you know, this is probably my my fourth time being, um, you know, on anesthesia, right? Like, I, mm-hmm. I, yeah, so, um, okay, like, I wasn't really nervous about that. Like, you know, is this going to hurt me or, you know, make me sick yeah. or whatever? Because I've done it before and, yeah. you know, somewhat recently, like, okay, you know, I know that it's not not a big deal. Like however, yeah. Yeah, however, you know, they, they stick you in your, your gown in your hospital bed and you literally are in a room alone, you know, for like an hour before they wheel you into whatever you're going. Right. Mm-hmm. So they're like, yeah, just, you know, you know, doom scroll or whatever you need to do in this time like okay that's fine you know looking on my mm-hmm. phone doing my thing <laughs> and I'm like all right you know I'm laying in this bed by myself in this room well, I think it's a terrible idea P.S. that you should probably not leave people alone like yeah or maybe if they're like hey I have anxiety maybe don't leave them alone I don't know it's just a whole lot of you with your thoughts but okay yeah so I'm on my phone and I'm like well, well you give know, them something to where they don't care you know like, <laughs> yeah. but I'm, I'm kind of phoned out at this point you know so I'm like mm-hmm. all right so 
I put my phone down and I realized like, holy crap, I am anxious. I think that's when I text you. I was like, surprise, uh-huh. I'm nervous. <laughs> like, okay, so that like went on for a minute and I was like, no, this isn't working for me. So I'm going back to my phone, right? Yeah. So I do the phone thing until whoever comes in and, you know, it's like, okay, we're, we're going to the procedure room now. Like, okay, great. They wheel me in there and I'm in my bed. They're like, we're not moving you to a table. Everything's happening on this bed. Great. Okay. So I'm laying on this bed. They they hook my whatever monitor up um, to a machine. I'm not really looking because I got like, they're doing stuff with my IV. They're doing stuff with my blood pressure, whatever. They're doing yeah. stuff. I'm laying on my back staring at the ceiling anyway. Yeah. And um, they're like, so it's like the doctor. It's like the anesthesiologist and like the head nurse or whatever are in there at mm-hmm. the time. And they're like, okay, we need you to, you know, we're just going to put this oxygen mask on you and we need you to take some big deep calming breaths and I'm like I can do that okay yeah <laughs> so they put this mask on and they're like you need to have deeper longer breaths I'm like okay I can do that so I'm trying I'm trying my fucking hardest but guess what I'm nervous and then I realized that like I'm like what's that really loud beeping sound mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a really loud beeping sound that's getting faster slowing mm-hmm. down getting faster and I go oh hey is that my heart rate and they're like yeah and I'm <laughs> like and I was like, oh, my God. And I even said, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I'm like, very sorry. And I was like, it's so fast. Like, I'm trying. I'm trying. They're like, it's okay. Just deep breaths. You know, like, we need you to calm breathe, down a little man, bit. Breathe. Yeah, they're like, we need you to calm down a little bit before we give you the stuff. I'm like, okay, okay. So I'm trying my heart. And I'm so fucking embarrassed because I can hear it. It's like the loudest thing I've ever heard. This yeah. beeping with my heart rate. And I'm like, dear God, this is so embarrassing. Get it together, Lynn. Get it together. Like, <laughs> the sooner you calm down, the sooner you can just, like, go into your oblivion. It'll be fine, right? Yeah. Oh, God. It took forever. And I was just, like, I was so embarrassed. I'm sure they're used to that. I'm sure that's oh, yeah. the only time that's happened. But it was just, like, good God. Get it together. You know? Like, so, finally, I'm trying my hardest. A couple minutes go by. I'm staring at the ceiling and trying not to make weird facial expressions because they're all just like staring at me, right? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so finally, finally, I take a breath and suddenly this wave of calm drug washes over me and I go, oh, that's fucking lovely. <laughs> <laughs> they laugh and that's all I remember. <laughs> anyway, I just, yeah. it was so embarrassing. I've never really like paid attention in those moments of like real anxiety, real anxiety. I wouldn't say I was at the point of panic attack, but, you know, headed in that direction, sure. Mm-hmm. I wasn't concerned that I was going to have a panic attack because, like, you're going to get knocked out before that happens probably. Okay, right? Yeah. But, like, in that in those moments before, I had never really paid attention to how fast my heart is beating. Like, other physical things are happening that are more distracting than that, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was really shocking that it was so loud, you know? And yeah. just, like, when I would breathe in, it would slow down slightly. And then when I would exhale, it would speed up. You know, yeah. which I'm sure is normal in the breathing process. But again, yeah. it was just like the loudest thing ever. And I was just like, fuck, this is so embarrassing. Like <laughs> normally, you know, in those anxiety moments, especially with strangers, I can somewhat hide it and then go somewhere where I can freak out, not in front of people. But there was no hiding, Rochelle. Yeah, no, so, <laughs> you just got to sit there and ride it out. Yeah. Oh, it was it was stressful. It was really stressful to be so stressed out, you know. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, you know, stress. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Really. So anyway, that was my moment. It was just a whole new level of embarrassment that I was not prepared for. So, yep, that sucked. Anyway, what was your well, interesting moment? 
<laughs> they're used to that too. So you're right. I mean, they must be. I'm sure that's not the yeah. only time that's happened, but it was still, it was still really shocking to me. I, uh, you know, all the other times I've been knocked out. I haven't, that's not been the case, you know, like I don't remember yeah. hearing, hearing my, my heart rate like that before. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. what was your moment? <laughs> um. So mine was slightly frustrating. It wasn't real. I don't really know who, well, Huh. I don't know if it's an idiot or ass butt moment. I think it's a little bit of both, maybe. But, okay, so I went and got my first ultrasound done, right? Like, this was a couple months ago, whatever. I don't even know when it was at this point. Yeah. A while back. But, so, they tell me, they're like, okay, your appointments, at, I think they said it was at, like, um, two... I don't remember. I think basically they told me the appointment time and that was not in fact the appointment time. It was a half an hour later than that. And so they told me like, here's your appointment time, show up 15 minutes early and make sure from your appointment time an hour and a half before you go to the bathroom, get all of the urine out and then drink. I think it was like 24 ounces of water or something like that. I don't totally remember what, you know? So, okay, fine. Like that's not a ton of water. But, you know, it's still, if you're sitting there and, like, not able to pee, of course, you have to pee even more. And then it just all kind of builds up, right? Right. And then it's a, for me anyways, it's always, like, a stressful thing, you know, like, in my mind, since you're focusing on that, I'm like, oh, shit, (laughs) now I have to. Yeah. Yeah. And so I get to the doctor's office and I check in 15 minutes before what my appointment time was supposed to be. And they're like, oh, you're here early. And I'm like, what do you mean? You know, and they're like, your appointment, I think they said it was at, like, 215 or something like that and it wasn't until 245 right yeah. and my the first words out of my mouth were like oh I could have peed later you know like, <laughs> yeah for uh, real you know and I'm sure at that point I had drank more than 24 ounces of water because like I was kind of thirsty you know like yeah that's the thing is like once you start drinking more water you become more thirsty and when you can't pee like <laughs> right you're screwed, you know? Mm -hmm. So I had to sit there in the waiting room for a good half hour, at least, you know, it was a little bit more than that because I mean, I was there 45 minutes early. So they were able to take me back a little bit sooner than what they had originally said, but it was by like maybe 10 minutes, you know, (laughs) like, yeah, holy cow, you know, and I'm sitting there just like, Oh oh my God. Oh, I'm going to die. Oh no. You know, like I'm going to pee my pants. Oh my goodness. You know? Yeah. And so like we get into the ultrasound room. Right. And I'm like, I'm in my mind. I'm like, Oh, this is going to be cool. I'm going to actually get to see an image. I didn't care about any of that. I was like, I need to be so bad. Yeah, (laughs) for real. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You know, so I get in there and they're like, okay, you know, like going around and like checking things out. And I'm just like, oh, my God. And just like her pushing on my stomach was like, I'm going to pee my pants. Yeah, for real. Oh, no. You know, and I'm just like, okay, okay, cool. Yeah. uh Like, I'm just kind of like, "Ah, get me out of here. You know, please please let me go to the bathroom. (laughs) And. So because it had been so long and I had drank more water than I think what I was supposed to, my bladder was so full that they couldn't even get all the images because they're supposed to be able to get like different angles and stuff. And like my bladder was so full that they couldn't get with the wand into the areas that they needed oh to get to all the pictures. Right. So I got like two pictures, you know, yeah. and that was it. And what kind of made me feel bad about it was like, so 
couple days later, whatever, I went in to like have the appointment to like, okay, here's the going over everything, blah, blah, whatever, you know. And like the doctor, he goes and he's like, oh, okay, like usually they'll do like a Doppler and try and just like hear a heartbeat, you know, but he's like, it's too, it might be too early to like hear it with a Doppler. So like, if we can't find it with the Doppler, don't freak out. We'll just yeah. bring in an ultrasound machine and just look it up that way, you know? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and of course at that time I didn't have to pee and I didn't know that I was getting an ultrasound. So I didn't like, you know, hold my pee forever. Yeah. There was, I'm not even joking, you probably, like, three times more room in there for that poor thing. <laughs> like, in the pictures that I have, there's, like, barely any room. That thing was so smashed by my bladder. Yeah. <laughs> like, I am so sorry. You know? <laughs> and then, like, they go and they do the ultrasound to, like, find the heartbeat or whatever for, you know, that, like, follow-up visit. Yeah, there's, like, three times more room available in there. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man. And I'm like, that... That that was a lot of pee, you know. <laughs> yeah. Literally to the point where it was like I am smashing everything because my bladder was so full. So I kind of felt bad. It's like sorry, didn't give you much wiggle room for that. Like yeah. Good two oh hours. no, no, but, it was so little. Also, it was probably oh, just yeah. like a a very warm, you know, cushion. Yeah. So, oh no, I'm sure. Like it's you know whatever. It's yeah. fine. It was just kind of one of those like sorry, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't have been that comfortable, you know. Yeah, not your fault. We're going to blame all that on the, probably the schedulers. I don't know. Well, and that's the thing is they did that. So they scheduled both the the, um, appointment and the follow-up appointment at the same time, right? And they told me that my appointments were a half an hour earlier for both of them. Mm -hmm. Like, they're like, it's not just like, oh, check in at this time. It was like, your appointment is at this time, check in 15 minutes early. So for the second one, I at least asked them on my way out. I was like, hey, like, is my appointment actually at this time? Or is it this, or, you know, is it a some other time? And they're like, oh, no, it's at this time. And it was like a half hour later. And I'm like, okay, so whoever did the scheduling, like, told me that my appointments were not at the time that they were supposed to be. And like, you know, that was the whole thing. So that's really <laughs> annoying. Very man. uncomfortable. And I also kind of like felt a little irritated that it was like I couldn't enjoy getting the ultrasound and like seeing things because I had to pee so bad that I was just like I can't like get me out of here I need to go to the bathroom you know like, yeah yeah that was kind of that was a little bit like uh, you know mm-hmm. but anyway <laughs> yeah that pissed me off too like the idea of like not being able to pee like is so awful for me like especially on like airplanes okay this yeah. is where I usually encounter this situation is like you know take off okay Mm-hmm. Like, you know, touchdown time. Sure, I get that. But then also you have like, you know, the aisle is being blocked by like the carts and stuff. You know, you got to yeah. time all that right. And it's very stressful for me, like, because it matters where you're sitting on the plane for those situations and everything, yeah. too. You know, like mm-hmm. all of those things stress me out so bad, which, of course, makes me really need to pee at all those times. You yeah, know? <laughs> it just, it just ugh, drives me crazy. It's yeah. always when you can't go is when you have to go. <laughs> right. right, exactly. But, so yeah. anyways. OK, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening to our podcast. You could email <laughs> us at podcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Aspects, a supernatural podcast. Please make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us, oh no, and email us your Idgits and Aspects <laughs> moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you. <laughs>